Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. In the last few months, I've had several people reach out to me and ask why I have never featured sales leaders working in the healthcare, pharmaceutical, or medical device worlds. And I didn't have a good answer. It's a big miss because those are massive industries. Those are really important sales motions. And we have a lot to learn from the people that are killing it in that world. So I decided to fix it. I got after it. I lined up a few great leaders for us. And today, we kick them off with one of my favorites. Lee Brown works for IMS as the Senior Director of Sales Enablement. IMS helps the largest healthcare organizations in the world in how they equip their salespeople and their sales leaders go to market and also launch new solutions. Now, some of the biggest pharmaceutical, med device, and equipment providers in the healthcare world rely on IMS for sales training, sales launch solutions, and scaling sales globally. Prior to joining the IMS team, Lee worked for over 20 years with Abbott Labs in a variety of sales leadership positions. He ran global sales training and sales development for Abbott Molecular and Abbott Diagnostics for over 10 years with great success, and that included the launch of many products that have now become mainstream. Today, Lee works helping sales teams around the world providing healthcare services and products launch faster, scale faster, and maintain strong relationships around the world. I've had the opportunity to work with Lee, and in addition to being a fantastic sales leader, he's just one of the great humans I've had the opportunity to get to know. So I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while. I'm super excited to have him join us today. I know it's going to be a fast and fun uh, and good conversation that we have a lot to learn from. Lee, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. Rob, it is. It, I, you know what? I've been I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, I've, I've listened to your <laughs> podcast a lot, and I'm just, I'm so excited to be here with you today. And and you know, it's I'm I'm humbled to be to be asked to be here. So thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited, Lee. I, I, our, our show's been going for two and a half years. Um, we've got listeners around the world. I get feedback from sales leaders uh, in all kinds of companies every single week. I, I have so many people reach out to me, and in the last I don't know three months. I've had an influx of people saying, why don't you ever have people that sell into the medical profession? Why not any pharma? Why not any med device? You know, it's, it's one of the most important segments. It's a massive segment. Uh, thousands and thousands of salespeople, thousands of sales leaders. Uh, it touches everybody. And I didn't have an answer. So you, my friend, are our very first uh, foray into that world. And so I'm super excited to have you here. And and I'm going to do a better job of getting of getting uh, some representation selling into this world. So, 
So uh, you know what they say, you never forget your first time, man. So thanks for being my first one. Oh, you're welcome. Let's, let's, let's call that a challenge to all my colleagues out there that are in the, uh, the medical device world and the selling world. And that let, let's get them on. Let's make that a challenge. Yeah. I, I, I think that I, that was a big miss on my part and, uh, and I'm excited to have you. I, and, and so I've, I've had the chance to know you a little bit. I've had the chance to work with you a little bit. I'm a big uh, a fan of what you do, but to introduce you to our listeners, Lee, why don't you just take a second and introduce us to IMS and, and what you do for your customers? So IMS, it's Integrated Marketing and Sales Solutions, a company out of Chicago. Uh, we help uh, large pharma, uh, large uh, diagnostic companies uh, really drive commercial excellence. And people look at me and go, okay, so that's your, right, what, what's, that's your sales pitch. What do you really do? Well, we, yeah. take, we take marketing, we take you know, we branding, whether it's messaging, strategic planning, anything marketing related. Uh, with those companies, we, we help drive that, uh, that marketing, branding, and, and messaging, and also strategic planning. Uh, and then uh, IMS had, along the way, had been, um, you know, asked by their, their clients. So we're, we got this product launch, or we've, we've got this messaging. We need, to train our, we need to train our sales forces on this. And so uh, they said, well, sure, we can do that. And, and so I joined IMS two years ago because of that very reason. So what I bring to IMS is that that background of training uh, and that background of, of really taking those product messaging or that strategic planning, whatever it might be, wrapping some, wrapping some training around it and, and pushing that through, through to our customers. So it really is about that commercial excellence. And that's what it's all about when it comes to sales, right? We want to be the best we can be. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, the, the saying of practice makes, oh. practice makes perfect is to me is, is not really the right thing today, but it's, it's about progress, right? And so uh-huh. practice makes progress, right? So we want to always get better, you know, small movements towards getting better, right? So uh, that's really what we do at IMS. What I love is that you work with some of the biggest, most iconic companies in that business. And so, uh, but it's not just the big ones. You're helping large ones. You're helping smaller ones. You're helping kind of really niche-oriented ones sometimes. You, you've seen the gamut. You've, you've seen what it takes to equip well, organizations of all shapes and sizes. And, and I'm excited today to talk about how you build leaders. I mean, I want to make sure I got that right. You, you guys work with the big boys, but you also work with some other ones that are maybe a little smaller and a little more uh, specific in what they do, right? Absolutely. Uh, some of the, I can, I can, I can drop some names here, Rob. I mean, you know, Abbott, Abbott Laboratories, uh, Fresenius Cobby is one that we've worked with. Uh, there's a lot of, of medical companies that you may not even have heard of that we be, that we're being asked to come in and help with those with those type of initiatives. And it's, and some it's even growth, new product. It's growth and new products, right? It's taking Correct. things you got and making it better, but also product launch. And the reason I say that is I want our listeners to know, like you have a really specific and detailed understanding of what it takes to get into high growth mode and then stay there. So some people that are already growing, you make them grow faster. People that have something they've just felt billions of dollars getting ready to launch, you help them launch it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We help those companies of all, all you know, you, you, you look at an Abbott that's very mature and they have products that are out there on market. Maybe they need to reinvest into that from a marketing and, and, and messaging strategy. Uh, but to, then you have new products, hopefully <laughs> those yeah. they're bringing new products, you yeah. know, to market. And so we help them with those new product launches. So absolutely. And it's, you know, any size of company that we've worked with, um, you know, IMS has been in business for 25 years. So nice. you can imagine all the different companies that they've worked with throughout the years. Perfect. Now let's talk about you. 
uh, quickly, how did you get into sales? And it's one of my favorite things that I, that I kind of discuss with the people that join me on the show. There's very few of us that grew up saying, I'm going to be in sales. How did you get into sales? And ultimately, how did that get you to IMS? I tell you, I got a great story there. Uh, thanks for asking that question. And, and uh, I was one of those people. I said, you know, what is uh, sales is not for me. And uh, I, uh, you know, by trade, I'm a medical technologist. You know, I'm the oh, guy wow. that walked into your room in the middle of the night and woke you up in the hospital and said, I'm here to draw your blood, right? That's the guy I was <laughs> in my earlier life. Uh, I, I saw the, the path to, um, to, to Abbott, actually, where I, where I ended up spending 25 years. And when I started with Abbott, uh, I had, a, had an awesome manager. And, uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit when we get into leadership about that awesome manager, because that's where I learned a lot uh, from him. But he, you know, he interviewed me and hired me on as a, as a technical rep. So it wasn't really selling. I was representing the company. Actually, I was selling, but I was representing the company, but I wasn't getting the sales paycheck. And right. so, uh, so what happened? He, over the years, over the next two years, he asked me, said, you want to get into sales? The first time he asked me, I said, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. He asked me the next year, and I said, no, I'm really not interested. And the, finally, the third year, he asked me, and he said, well, let me show you something. And, he, and he, he scribbled some numbers on a piece of paper, and he compared it to what I making, was making at that time. And I said, okay, so wait a second. You've been asking me for two years. Why are you just now showing me this number? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, yes, I got into sales. And I, you know, I got into sales after, after being at Abbott for, for about two and a half years, and I, I really didn't look back from that point. And from that point on, I, I went on to um, hold many different jobs at Abbott. Um, I found my, my niche in training, and uh, I ended up running a, a training organization at one of Abbott's divisions, Abbott Molecular, for, for several years. And, and uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I decided that the training was my niche, and IMS now has allowed me to do that. So I'm, I'm really excited about what I'm doing at IMS with building out their portfolio of training and, and helping customers really with, with that commercial excellence. So that's, okay. that's, that's me. And that's my journey. Love it. Thank you for sharing it. Let's get into it, man. So let's talk about sales leadership right now. I mean, this show is the sales leadership podcast. We, uh, we got sales leaders all around the world listening to you. Um, and, and boy, I'll tell you the way that we lead has, has always been the biggest impact and overall success of a team. You already alluded to it, that it was a huge influencer in your career. But we've had a lot of changes happen in the last year. 2020, if it's been anything, it's been a year of change. And people have had to change how they lead because people have had to change how they sell. And, and I'm really interested to start with, what are some of the leadership behaviors that you're seeing right now that you're helping some organizations add to their bag of tricks to really equip salespeople to be successful? Well, you know, you hit on a, a real, real important word in there that equips salespeople and that's really what it's about what do they need to be successful so if you think about you know leadership behaviors and I, I talked about the first manager that I ever had at Abbott and I think if it would have been a different manager I would have had a different experience but I think with that manager and I go back to those those leaders that I've been around and I think about what are those things what are those behaviors uh, and and it really to me it kind of boils down to you know it, it's the clarity around you know what, what is at task here? What are we trying to accomplish? What are we getting to? What are, it's, it's really goal setting in a sense, right? What, and, and we've got to agree on that is what is at hand. And it's about knowing as a salesperson, I need to know what's expected of me. Uh, I, there's, there's really three, three components of what we all kind of need to know. And this is, this is basic human, human needs. And especially when it comes to sales, it says, what is expected of me? where do I get help when I need it? Right. So this is an important part to leadership. Where do I get help when I need it? 
And then finally, we all want to know, you know, how are we going to be rewarded? How are we going to be paid? What does that come down to? So it's really those three things that, that I think when you, when you think about goal setting, clarity around the task at hand, agreement on what is it look like? You know, it's really what is good look like being able as a leader to be able to show that. So that's, that's one behavior. And then, you know, as, as leaders, uh, as sales leaders, and one of the things that, you know, even, even in my sales leadership days, I obviously I use that, but in my training days, I, I emphasize this, you know, how do you observe someone selling and give that coaching feedback in today's world? You know, it's just like, you know, if we're on a virtual zoom call selling that way versus selling face to face, that's a little bit challenging. And I know there's technology out there that kind of helps with that and makes that a lot easier to do. But I think that really observing and being able to diagnose the abilities of that salesperson. So that I'd say that's the second kind of biggest piece is how good are we at, at observing, listening to what's happening in that conversation, not taking over, listening to it, making sure that, you know, things are happening in whatever, you know, I have, have my own opinions about sales models, right? They're all pretty much the same, right? They're all pretty much, you boil them down, you peel the onion back far enough. They're all basically the same, but what is that language that you're going to speak within your company to understand? And so that we can all speak the same language. So when I'm talking to you about, you know, you did a pretty good job, Rob, opening that sales call, but there was one piece that you mentioned. Did you catch what it was? You know, playing that back to the rep. And, uh, you know, in today's world and technology, it's really nice because a lot of these sales calls can be recorded and we can, we can observe those afterwards and we can actually hear them again, which is nice. So I just call that second one really, really diagnosing. And, and like what, it. Yeah, what are those uh, deficiencies? I call, I'll call them deficiencies. Uh, and then we got to repair those, right? We got to find a way to repair. So the third thing, I just call it coaching. I mean, a lot of people do it, use a different word for it, but it's really coaching towards those key behaviors. It's diagnosing and then coaching to those. And I think that coaching is some, t- a lot of my clients, this, you asked me the question about where do my clients get stuck? A lot of times they get stuck on that conversation. A lot of sales managers out there that I see that I run into, that's a big challenge for them. How do they have that conversation? How do you start it? What does it sound like? A lot of times we fall back on our, we want to tell somebody something, right? Mm, As opposed to be a little bit more conversational and get them engaged through a questioning strategy around starting that conversation. Kind of like the question I asked you a while ago. If I heard you, you know, there was a piece missing there, Robert, did you, did you recognize it? What was it? Right. So things like that. It's really those, to me, it's, it's really setting that goal, clarifying what is what is the task at hand what are we trying to accomplish and and being able to observe secondly and then thirdly really having that conversation and getting those people to uh, buy into that conversation agree to that let's dive into those three a little bit i like that i like this this blueprint um let's start with the first one i'm putting myself in the shoes of our listeners and that's one of the things our listeners like about our shows is i sit on things and i turn it into tactics so on your first one what are some of the easy mistakes that you sometimes see leaders make and how do we have, how do we do a good job in, in getting the kind of kind of clarity, I guess, that you're talking about? Yeah, I think, you know, the challenge there is making sure we're talking about the same thing and making okay. sure we know what good looks like is how I try to describe it. Right. So the rep may think, you know, one way to do this is and I'll get I'll, you know what, I'll just give you an example. Perfect. Uh, sales leader I was talking about my very first sales leader. Um, there was an opportunity for me to sell a pretty big ticket item into a, into a situation with a customer that 
the ticket was probably too high. The, the cost of the solution was really not worth what it should be. And he asked me, he said, do you, you really want to do this? And I said, yeah, I think this is the right thing to do. And he challenged me. He said, well, you know, I think it's too much. I think you need to back down to our, our lower model instrument and sell that. Right. And so, um, you know, I disagreed with him. Right. And he, and he said, okay, I'm going to let you go forward. I'm going to let you go and I'm going to let you get this done. So we agreed on the task was we're going to sell something into this account. His idea was we probably would need a different price point. I'm, a, I'm up here in, in the higher level of the price point, and he's in the middle of the price point. Well, guess what? Uh, I failed, right? And so, so part of that, I think, is, is understanding that. And, and when you set that task at hand, and sometimes you have to let your people fail. Uh, but really, it's getting that um, you know, agreement around what good looks like or kind of what is expected of you what's my expectations as a manager as the company what are we expecting of you and I think a lot of times we miss it's kind of like a customer it's the same thing when we're selling into a customer and uh, we believe they're they're at a certain spot in the sales process and we believe they're in a different spot and then those conversations just aren't matching up right so I think the challenge around that one is really agreeing on what we are trying to accomplish and both of us are doing the same thing. That's that goal setting piece. So Lee, there's two things that jump out at me on this. And I, I really like this conversation because as I suspected, it transcends just medical device sales. This is just a great sales leadership principle that everyone can benefit from. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is um, when you talk about getting to that clarity is that an individual conversation or is that kind of a group conversation? You let people figure it out. I mean, can you, can you talk a little bit about, about, you know, what the individualization of things like that versus, you know, delivering messages as groups? Yeah, I think it's all included in that, right? So, you know, as a sales leader, you know, we need to make sure our entire group is aligned on specific things. And that may be, let's just say our sales goals for that year, for that quarter, for that week, whatever okay. it may be, our expectations around how many sales calls we're making, you know, specifically in a week and a day, right? There's a lot of that that's, that's important in driving those activities. Uh, but I think the, the individuality of that comes to the point where you want to have that private conversation. If there is disagreement, right, you don't want to have that in a group format. You want to have that individually. So it's really important that you think about it from, a, from an individual standpoint. And, uh, you know, there's some other behaviors. We'll get into those in just a little bit, I hope, with the next, next round here. But, I, you know, you, you've got to consider that person, that individual uh, when you're, when you're speaking to them and, and, and everybody's, I mean, Rob, you know, this, we all know that everybody's different. Everybody's, everybody's made up a little bit differently genetically and, and the way we think and the way we approach things. And so, uh, there, there's a, there's an underlying piece to these three goal setting, diagnosing and coaching. There's a, there's an underlying it's, it's and it's really called flexibility as a leader. Okay. So that's, that's, I, maybe that's kind of what you're alluding to, but I see one of the most important things of a leader is the flexibility. Can I flex my style to this person? that needs more direction to this person that I can, and that's my, my real high a player, my, you know, how do I, how do I manage them versus this one that needs a little bit more coaching, a little bit more direction. So it's an well, individual. That's, that's really the second thing on that. You talked about um, what good looks like. And I, 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 that, that's something that I think is missing in a majority of sales organizations. What does good look like? I call it, how do you model awesomeness? What does right. awesome look like? And that's why I was starting. To, that's why I was leading into this individual side of conversation because how you get an individual to good is going to be in your parts two and three. You know how you diagnose and how you coach. I, I can't wait to, to to get into that a little bit. But I go to a lot of orgs. You know, I work with companies all around the world, 
And um, I see that missing a lot. So I think it's one of those things that, that is missing enough. It's not that people haven't necessarily thought about it. I think it might be harder to do than people think. Can you talk just for a second on a couple of tactics that makes it so you can show what good looks like? You know, I think you, you know, you need to start there with your team or individuals, however you look, you, you need to really start at that. And, and, and I call that, I call it goal setting, right. And clarity about what is expected of me. Right. So if you don't start there, I mean, that's going to be the challenge, right. You're nobody ever was told kind of what is expected of me. How do mm-hmm. I, you know, how do I get this? So nothing else is going to line up. Right. So if I don't get that set up correctly, if we don't understand the goals and the way we're, uh, approaching this situation or this, it might be a task. It might be a, you know, it might be a strategic account that we're trying to really go after. If we don't really all get on the same page with that expectation, right. And, and that, and then, and map out for that. What, what should this look like as a sales leader? That's the guidance. Um, a lot of times you need to allow them to come up with that. What good looks like, right. And let them discover that. Just like I, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's a discovery part to this too, right? You know, I've, I, you know, I don't know how many times I've, I've, I've failed, right? And I, there's been a lot, and 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 I'm glad, right? I, I, I learn from those, and so, you know, I, the one example that I gave you about the instrument I tried to place is, that, is that's a failure, but that taught me, and has stuck with me so well through the years, and so I think we have to allow people, you have to give them the grace to 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 allow them to go out and fail, right? And then you need to be there as a sales leader and pick them up, dust them off and say, hey, here we go. We're going to get we're going to get at this again. We're going to get back on that horse. Right. We're, we got knocked off. Now we're going to get back on that. OK, that's awesome. Let's move on to the next one. Let's talk about diagnose. And, and I love this. I have a colleague in the sales kind of leadership world. A lot of people you may have heard him, Keenan. He just goes by one name, Keenan. He has a, he has a term that he really pushes. And I always give him credit for it. He calls it observable moments. You called it diagnose. I always call it that as well. I say diagnose before you prescribe. Let's talk about creating those observable moments. Let's talk about making diagnosing something that you do. Because I have an opinion that that should just be part of what you do all the time as a leader. How do you create diagnosing moments? How do you create those observable moments? And what are some great uh, best practices you've seen that we can share with our leaders on how they can become better at diagnosing? You know, I think I think for diagnosing, um, you you have to be able to listen, and I know that sounds mm. kind of you know um, simple, right? But it's not, and you need to listen for those things that um, you want to coach to. So these coachable moments, right? Where where do you do that? Um, you know, today's world in the virtual nature yes. of everything and the selling and. And, and, and there's a bit of a challenge there, but I think, you know, with the tools that are available for, for people now, for companies that it, it's even easier, but let's, this, let's start with this face-to-face diagnosing as I'm, so the biggest, the biggest challenge that I had as a sales leader and that I see today is actually finding those moments, right? Because we're so, um, you know, we're so driven by that number, right? We've got to meet that number, right? Uh, to me, and I, you know, I, I teach this and I live this in, 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 in my sales leadership world is that, yes, it's about a number. I got it right. But, but the number one job of a sales manager is to develop their people. No, mm. no matter what, that's it. It's got to be your number one goal. And if you, I think if you, if you, if that's your tenant as a sales leader, 
then everything else is going to fall in place for the most part, right? Because you're going to, you're going to coach, you're going to diagnose and you're going to coach, you're going to set that goal. You're going to diagnose, you're going to coach. And if you do that, um, you, you know, I think that's, that gets there. Now here's the challenge, right? I've got, uh, let's say I have, maybe I have seven or eight direct reports that I'm responsible for, right? How do I get in front of them enough, often enough to be able to drive that excellence that I'm looking for in each one of them. I think that's the number one challenge. And so committing to the time to be with them and setting up your cadence, that cadence and, and these coaching moments don't necessarily always have to be face to face, right? There's, there's coaching moments around the business, around what's happening in the territory. There's coaching moments that happen inside of a sales call. There's coaching moments that happen uh, with a, a, situ- a situation, a strategic situation that you're working through. So even those one-on conversations, you need that cadence. And you and I actually, you know, we've talked about this, right? This cadence whole thing, right? So yeah. you need that cadence with your team so that they get your, they get your coaching skills. They get your, your time as a sales manager and make sure that you're, you know, your number one goal is to, is really to develop your team. And if you develop your team and all your teams, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an engine, right? If every piston is firing like it's supposed to be, then we're going to have a full horsepower that we need to drive our sales number. So I'm glad you said that. I, you took me just yesterday. I was on the phone with one of my clients. It's a, it's a global customer. You, you probably know who they are. And we're building what exactly what you said. We're building a coaching cadence, if you will, strategy. And it's been really interesting because we didn't want it to just be opportunity coaching, if that makes sense. We didn't want it to just be, how do I go win this opportunity? We broke it down and we said, what are all, we use the word that you just said, what are the pistons that create horsepower in your engine? And so we identified all of those pistons from territory management to account planning, to execution with accounts, to you know, a number of things. And we created different coaching agendas, if you will. And it started with how do we create observable moments to how do our leaders uh, start having impact in these areas and what's the frequency of the different things. And so I like what you just said because you didn't talk about just helping people win. I, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we make as leaders, Lee, and I want to get your take on this. Sorry if I'm rambling. I think most of the time, because most salespeople say that they don't get great coaching, at least in their mind. And on the flip side, leaders say, I'm pretty good at this coaching thing. So there's a pretty big gap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's because most of the time it's opportunity coaching and leaders respond when salespeople raise their hand and self-select. They raise their hand and say, I've got a deal I want help with. And the leader swoops in and says, I'm excited to work with you on this. And they call that coaching. You just described something totally different all the way through. You're laughing. Do you see similar things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a statistic that, I, that I'm going to throw out here, and I can't remember exactly where it comes from. It might be old data, but it's still data, right? It's, it's a, it goes kind of like this. 75% um, of organizations recognize they need coaching, and they need capacity to be able to do that, right? Yep. Then the other side of that is in kind of what you, I'm, I'm just drawing back to what you just said, 5% claim to have trained their managers in coaching behaviors. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we're, we're missing something here. And that's been that way for a long time. I've been I think in it's gotten industry. worse, Lee. Lee. Yeah. The most recent data I saw was 3%. I, saw, I just recently yeah. saw 3%. So that five, three, it's single digit, whatever it is, it's yeah. single digit, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so I think there's an opportunity, you know, to think about uh, it's, it's, 
and, and, and I'll, I always call it, you know, we get focused on a number and, 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 you know, financially, uh, it, that's what drives, that's what drives, uh, you know, the customers that I work with now and the customer I, and the, and the company that I came from, that's what drives business. We've got to, you've got to meet that. You've got to meet that sales number, right? It's given to you at the beginning of the year. That's what you got to meet. So we get wrapped around that. And I think if we back up for a minute and we think about those things that we need to be as sales leaders, if we have that team, you know, firing on all cylinders, we get that engine at all the highest horsepower we can get. That's our goal. And again, um, you know, and, and some of the things that you said was it is about opportunity management coaching. It's absolutely about that. But on the other side of that opportunity, there's this individual called a sales rep, yes. right? And they need, they need you as us, as sales leaders to help them, equip them to be successful day in and day out. And that's kind of what we need to be able to do as sales leaders. And if you do that, you know, the numbers are going to, the numbers are going to come, uh, you know, there's going to be some hard conversations. There are going to be some very difficult situations that you're going to get yourself into as a sales leader. And you're going to have to make some difficult decisions, but at the same time, it needs to be about that individual. Absolutely. So you just said a word that I really like, and I wrote it down and we're going to sit on it. And you may or may not know what the word was. It's a word I don't hear very used as often as I would like when it talks about sales leaders. Uh, and what our role is, for, but first of all, by the way, thank you for earlier on, you said you shared what you think the role of a salesperson, sales leader is, is to develop people. Uh, that if we had more people that really said that's job one, I think that we would probably be better coaches by now, to be honest with you. Um, but the word I wrote down is equip. Um, what does it mean to equip someone? I love that word. I think it's such a descriptive word. Uh, you've brought it up. Uh, it's one of my favorites. I want our listeners to start thinking about equipping their reps, not just training their reps. Yeah, you know, you equip and equipment, right? And so we need some yeah. tools, right? <laughs> and tools come in many different ways. You know, you and I are using a, 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 the, the tool of, of Zoom today and the recording yeah. of this podcast. There's a lot of tools that we can use. But, you know, there's behaviors that are tools too, right? How do we, what are those, what are those really important key fundamental selling skill behaviors and activities that, that I need, that I need, you know, it's, it's, so I think, you know, as sales leaders, we need to be able to equip and give our salespeople what they need at the time that they need it, right? And I think we've got a lot of tools that are able to do that, but then go back to the individual and you've got to think about, you know, I, I, I think a sales leader should really start from, they should start from a place of, of belief, of attitudes and belief about sales. Go back to what I told you earlier about me when my, my very first manager asked me if I wanted to go into sales. I said, no, I didn't want, I don't want to do that, right? My attitude and belief at that time was, was, was a little different about sales. And then he showed me, a, he showed me some money on a piece of paper. And then, then my attitude and belief changed a little bit differently, right? And then yeah. I actually got into it. And I actually got into the idea of this is really good. I'm helping someone do something better or, or even even way better than what they were doing before, right? Then, so it's that attitude and beliefs, I think, that where we as sales managers need to start from. And uh, there's, there's a lot of other things, I think, when you think about a sales leader that, you know, the, the biggest word in the book, I think, is trust. I mean, your sales team has to trust you. I've worked for sales leaders where there was not a lot of trust building going on. I've worked for sales leaders when it was completely trustworthy. And so I know the differences between the two. And I think and you got to build that trust and there's different, you know, there's different ways to build that trust. But I think, you know, I just have a, quite a few words that I use 
Rob, when I think about, and it's not just sales leadership. I know that's what your podcast is about. I'm going to stay on sales leadership, but any leader, I don't care yeah. if you're, whatever you're leading, you know, yeah. it doesn't make any difference. You know, you got to build trust. There has to be some transparency around what you do as a sales leader and you need to be transparent. And when I say transparent, I mean, you know, I, my experiences that I've had up and through until this point have made me who I am. Right. And so I want people to be able to build off of that. It's like my kids. I've got, you know, I got two kids. I, I raised them, I raised them up in the way I said, here's the mistakes that I made. Don't make these. Yeah. Well, they go ahead and make their other, their other own mistakes. Right. Which is, and then you got to coach them through those. Right. So that's what I mean by transparency. You know, we all get to a certain point in our career. So as sales leaders, that transparency helps. And I think, you know, I, I like, I like leader sales leaders that are approachable, you know, you know, you know, you you don't feel like you're below them. You feel like you're on par with them. And, uh, I like to be able to, uh, say that that's the kind of sales leader that I've been through my career is where I was on par with my team. I'm in the trenches with them. You know, if we're going to get, if we're going to go get bloody noses because we got to go handle this, this bad situation, it's this, I'm going to go in there with them and I'm going to take the blows with them. I love Um, that. Absolutely. So that that goes to that trust. I love it. I'll come back to that. I I don't want to get off of where we were because I think it's so important. We talked about diagnose. We we talked about coach a little bit. I have one more question and we'll wrap that and we'll get into some of this. I can't believe how fast time goes, man. I love your outlook on sales leadership. Lee, this is a fantastic conversation. Here's my question. I don't care if it's diagnosing or observing or if it's coaching and repairing those, those two parts of your kind of Holy Trinity that you shared started with in today's world. Is there anything that you've seen have to change to be able to create those observable moments and have really productive coaching experiences? I don't want to even just say coaching conversations. I want to call it coaching experiences. Um, you know, people are, are more separate right now. We, we aren't having as much face-to-face interaction. You, you mentioned that we're doing this on zoom. <clears throat> Have you seen the coaching world change at all? And if so, is there anything that you are working on as you work with, you know, modern day sales leaders to help them say, this is how you create observable moments, or this is how you create these improvement experiences. Any, any kind of top of mind things that you've seen start to be effective in, in, in a new and always changing world? Yeah. Well, this world, you know, not something we expected for 2020 when we started 2020. Uh, it has changed the way and the opportunities for coaching. And where I, I think where I've seen in the conversations that I've had uh, with sales reps and sales leaders and executive management is that they are pivoting in a way that allows them to be more in tune with their with their teams, right? Because um, in the past, you'd have to get on an airplane and you'd have to go fly to wherever you were going to fly to. And there's a lot of time that you had to do and planning that you had to do. So one of the things that I've seen is that that commitment to being a sales leader, a sales manager, and committing that to those individuals on your team, there's an opportunity, I think, because of the technology out there that you can have these coaching moments more often than you could before. Because of the, because of the ability that for us to connect, and I think we've you know I'm I'm a uh, I don't know what generation you call me, but I'm 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 a little bit of an old guy, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that old. But you know it was it's that face to face that you that you thrive off of as a salesperson, right? You just thrive off of that. I thrive off of 
being in front of a group of people and talking, man. I just, and, and I don't get that now, but I found that I can create those same moments through the technology, whether it's Zoom or WebEx, whatever you want to use, even phone calls, right? So there's diff, there's these different channels, and I I um, I re- reading a book uh, about virtual selling, and it's really about the different avenues that you have, not not only to interact with your customers, but also I apply it to interacting with your team, right? So think about all the different ways that we have to interface with. We, we've got email, we got text message, we got video calls, we got you know, we got, we got all kinds of different ways that we can connect with each other. And so I think the successful ones that I've seen so far, thinking about trying to get some practical ideas out in the airwaves here on this, on this podcast is, you know, look at those opportunities to engage in a much different way, but more often, right? Because you can get, you know, you can get people on a Zoom call, you can get people on a call a lot easier than you can, you know, getting them face to face. So I think that may be, some of the practicality of what's happening today. I think it's a lot of it, Rob's yet to be determined because we're still only six to eight months into this. And I think we're still kind of figuring out what might work the best. And there's, you know, there's some tools and things too. There's a recording, you know, you can record, you can record uh, sales calls now and you can have the transcript of that sales call. That's kind of stuff is really nice. I mean, that's a good way to, to kind of look at it because you can do those sort of things. Uh, in, In a world like yours, <clears throat> and this, this this is probably a good shift. We move off of your three things, by the way, great three behaviors. And so your world selling to physicians and hospitals and things like that really had been dependent on, on being in the doctor's office or being in the hospital and, and going and seeing people. And, and now you probably don't get to do as much of that. Has, has that been, uh, has that required a lot of flexing from a leadership perspective to figure out how to create virtual success uh, in something that has historically always been eyeball to eyeball and shaking hands? Yes. Short answer. Okay. The long answer and, is the long answer is this, is that I'm working with a, working with a company right now, currently in the middle of trying to get a little business from them, right. As a, as a, as a business development guy and a sales guy, I'm, I'm working with them and uh, trying to figure out what has changed for them. And it really has, they call it, they're getting fewer shots on goal, right? So it's really difficult. The most, I think the most difficult part of this, and there's a couple of things I'll draw, draw out here. One is getting that appointment, right? Getting that, that physician to sit down with you for even five, you know, those, those are five minute conversations. They could be 45 minute conversations, but even if you've got a five minute conversation with a urologist about your product, and that's a, you know, that's a good thing, right? And so that's the, I think they're challenging their, their, their challenge is getting those getting those appointments and, and getting those set up. The other part that I've that we've uncovered is that we've seen uh, it, the technology that people were using prior to all this was they might have an iPad with some sales brochures on it and they'd right. be in front of the doctor and I'm going to show you what I'm, the challenge is the technology has changed now. Right. So I'm having to do these calls over video based calling. Right. I'm not face to face. My tools that were developed are were developed for face to face, face, right? Okay, so that's a challenge. The other challenge now is now throw that throw that one in the mix. Now we got we got two. Now the third one is I like things in threes. By the way, the third thing (laughs) the third thing is there is the marketing collateral. Does it lend itself well to be delivered over a video call? Right. So that's the other kind of thing that you know. uh, And then underlying all that. 
not so I don't have a fourth thing. I only have three, but underlying that, the foundation of that is that are your salespeople equipped and have the skills of the technology? Can they use if we're using Zoom, if we're using WebEx, are they good at using that technology? So I think that's that's the challenge before us. And I think well, that's just a practical example of a customer that I'm dealing with right now. Well, I like this because I think this is this transcends all industries, what you just said, Lee, and that's why I'm glad you're willing to bring it up. We got like nine minutes left in this conversation, so I want to talk about this for just a minute. Um, like I, I speak a lot. I get asked to do a lot of sales kickoffs and and speak to sales teams. And in the in the past, that had always been they put me on a plane, they fly me out, I I built whatever my presentation is, and I would have things built into it to to create engagement with whoever that sales team was, right? I, I knew what video I would show. I, I would, you know, try to have specific times that I made them laugh and specific times when I made them think and specific times when I made them feel inspired. <clears throat> and when I, I remember the first time I did one of those keynote things in a virtual spot, when I went from what I had always worked with a live audience to try to do it with a virtual audience, uh, I thought it would pretty much be, yeah, it'll work fine. No, it was totally different. And and so I love your idea, your concept of our traditional conversations, or maybe the right word is our traditional experiences we created. I've always said the sales process is a string of experiences that you want to create for a customer. Love and it. for you, it was experiences that might happen in a doctor's office, or it's a set of experiences that might happen with a large hospitals. You try to get them to buy beds or scanners or whatever, right? And um, now you're doing it virtually. And so the experiences by definition they may be the same experiences that need to happen, but the tools you use and the way you create those experiences are probably going to have to change. And, and that's something that I think every sales leader needs to think about. I love how you said it. Yeah, it used to be on an iPad done for face-to-face. -face. Well, sit down and say, what's the experience you're trying to create? And, and now how do I create that intentionally, but differently? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And I think the marketing teams, specifically with this customer that I'm working with, that's their challenge and they're, they're working and they're re kind of re rethinking their, 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 their collateral around their messaging and around their, all the pieces that they have to be pushed out to those customers. So yeah, exactly what I'm saying. They think it's critical. I think that's a big deal as we get ready for 2021 that every sales leader should just sit down and say, what are the, I don't know, four or five experiences that we've got to create and yeah how how do we create them differently in 2021 than we did in 2020 and, and 2019 so absolutely that, and i think that, you know, that's the conversations that from an ims from my company perspective that we're we would really love to have and and we're having some of those uh conversations because i think you know it's it's not going to be decided between you and me on this podcast but we put our two brains together i mean we we can come up with some pretty great experiences that can be delivered just like what we're delivering today on this podcast just like podcasts are being delivered so i yeah. think there's you know there's an, an opportunity there for people to uh to really address that so let's let's do this i i have a couple of notes that i i thought i'd get back to i might get back to one of them i'm really interested in getting one more thing from you you know, is there something you've given me your three things that are the behaviors that helps, you know, sales leaders equip salespeople. What about if I go up the chain one step farther to the sales leader, not just the, the three things you talked about, is there, are there attributes that you found of what makes great sales leaders? You know, are there kind of any non-negotiables that you found that make sales leaders more effective right now that you point to one or two things that you say, Hey, 
you know, sales leaders listen to this show, these are a couple things you might want to make, you know, make sure that their attributes are developing. Any, anything that comes to your mind? You know, it comes, I, I, I was fortunate enough this morning to be on a, um, a webinar. Actually, I produced, I helped produce the webinar and there was a speaker there and yeah. uh, I'm going to take some, some of the stuff that he said, cause I really, you know, he put it in a way I think that really, cause you think about, I've got sales managers, but then I'm the sales manager manager, right? So right. what are those things that they need to be doing? Because I, I, I think one of the biggest challenges in, in the selling world today is who's the sales manager's coach and are they getting what they need? Because I think we, we've ignored them. And I always use the analogy of we, we, we take a sales rep that was performing pretty good and we, we tell them, oh, you, you'll make a good sales manager, and then we just kick them off the cliff and see if they can fly. And some of them do, and some of them fall and don't ever come back. And, and so I think, you know, if, if you think about that, I'll, I'll give you, um, let me just give you kind of three, three things it. again that I, that I think, you know, I think there's this being sincere. A, <clears throat> as a leader of anything that I do, I need to be sincere about what I'm doing and about when I interact with people, when I lead myself into that conversation with that person, I need to be on cue, I need to be sincere with that person. That's number one. Number two is I need to have some curiosity about myself. I need to be curious about them, about the situation. And this gets to asking questions, digging a little bit deeper, really just, you know, understanding that, understanding that situation and being, being curious. And finally, it's, it's being compassionate, being a comp- compassionate around people. People want that, that compassion. They want to feel that from their sales leadership, that they, that they really care for them as an individual, right? Not necessarily uh, from a business perspective, but yeah, from, I want to see my sales team to be successful, right? I care, genuinely care about them. So it's, it's being sincere, it's being curious, and it's being compassionate. So that's just kind of some, I would call those a little more softer kind of things that you can think that, that, that come to mind. And it really was honed in on this conversation that I had this morning. It was really, it was really, really, really good. And, you know, and I think the other ones were that, you know, I talked about trust. You've got to build that trust. No sales, the, the sales leaders or the leadership that's managing the sales team, they need to be, they need to, there needs to be some trust built there, right? You've got to have that. You've got to be approachable. You've got to have some transparency about yourself. I think those are critical for sales leadership and any leadership. Yeah, I love those. I'm going to call those the, the Lee Beatitudes. Be sincere, <laughs> be curious, and be compassionate. Yeah. You know, that's what I love about that is it isn't, be the smartest person in the room and, you know, make sure that we have the best accountability. I mean, all these things you already alluded to that we need to do, they, they kind of come with the territory, but this trust component, I have found uh, that the two things that you got to have, if you want to have that elite leadership impact is you have to have trust and you have to have results. You got to have them both. If they trust you, but there's no results, it doesn't work. If there's results, but they can't trust you, they'll leave. They'll have turnover. And so if you can get both of those things together, I love that being sincere, curious and compassionate. That's well, I'll tell you, those are good things. Those are good things to develop. And I think I've not heard someone group those three together like that. So I appreciate you doing that. We're we're running low on time here. So I want to wrap this up um, with the three kind of rapid fire questions. I do everyone. This has been an awesome conversation, Lee. And then I'll give you kind of some final, any final thoughts that you have to finish the show. You ready? Ready. Okay. Rapid fire. Number one, what do you think the biggest sales leadership challenges today and, and how do you propose sales leaders overcome it? 
So I think the, the, the biggest challenge today for sales leaders has to do with flexibility and adapting mm. to the situation we're in today. So I, I call it flexibility, adapting, whatever you want to call it, but I think you have to be flexible. And so I think, how do you overcome that? You have to uh, approach each opportunity uh, to coach or to lead uh, with some flexibility because it's going to require you to be f- to flex. You're going to have to flex one way one day, and you're going to have to flex a different way the next day. So you need some flexibility, I think, as a as a as a sales leader today. Is there a, is there a, a skill in being flexible and still having a backbone? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm serious. I, no, I, I no, mean, no, absolutely. It's it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. I I'm not feeling real flexible right now. I didn't do my stretching this morning, but yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, it's something about my backbone. Absolutely. You know, you you have to stand up for what you believe, right? Okay. Right? And so you have to be firm with your team, but you can also be flexible. I think flexible really comes down to applying the appropriate behavior at the appropriate time with that sales individual. Right. And yeah. so, you know, in, in today's world, it's thrown a, this, this whole virtual has thrown a wrench into that a little bit. So I think as sales leaders, we need to step back a minute and say, are we still being flexible? What are those, what are those flexibility skills that we need to make sure we're doing? Yeah, I think that that's more important today than it's ever been. So thank you for sharing that. Number two, well, you you guys and you, you specialize in helping stand up teams and train teams and get teams put together and get them launched. Um, when you help build teams, is there kind of a go-to interview question or go-to interview topic that you look, that you like? And when you leverage it, when you use it, what is it you're looking for? Oh, that's a great one. I just have to throw a little bit of an antidote out here a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but one of the strangest interview questions I had is somebody handed me a penny and said, here, sell me this penny. Okay. <laughs> so, there's, so there's one. Um, you know, I, I, it's been, i be honest with you, it's been a while since I've had to interview somebody. It's been a couple of years because at IMS, we don't typically, you know, you know, hire anybody. But I tell you, I think that one of the biggest things you can ask somebody, if you're looking at, if you're trying to look for, you know, that high performing yeah. high-performing talent. You're really looking for somebody that's, uh, you know, I just, I like to, I'm, I'm a firm believer in tell me what you've done in your past to, to help me show me you can do what I need you to do in the future, right? And so I think there's some pointed questions around that, you know, give me some examples of where you've, where you've been successful and, and, and being able to do that. But I think, you know, I don't think there's any one question that you ask an individual. I like to take on an interview just like I would any conversation. And yeah. I would just be, sincere i'd be curious and i'd be compassionate but i'd ask some pretty you know pretty tough questions about what's happened in your past to you know how that happened be curious about that so i would apply those same three uh, b's lee brown's b's yeah the b attitudes i love it the b attitudes what i like about that one lee is you're you're getting a chance to be exposed to how what kind of a storyteller they are too yeah. And storytelling is such a key part of sales right now. I, I really like that. And see, if they can't share their own story, how are they going to share the company's story, right? Absolutely. Yep. Last one, leaders are readers. We found that leaders are never done with their, uh, their, their leadership journey. They're always looking to grow and develop. The best ones are at least. Is there anything that you have found that you'd like to share that you, and I don't care if it's an audible or turning a page or if it's bite-sized <laughs> chunks like a podcast or a blog, but is there any place that you've turned that you really have found to be helpful in your leadership journey? You know, I, I, lo- I do love to read. I, I didn't love to read when I was younger. I don't know where that came from. I just didn't, had more important things to do. But it, over the past 20 years, I've become a, a, read, a pretty avid reader, and I've read a lot of books, and it's hard for me to pin one down. But here's what I'm going to give. I'll give your audience. It's, it's yeah. called, and it's, and matter of fact, the sincere, curious, and compassionate is, is, 
is part of this same person's uh, set of books. But the book that I just read, and it's really about organizational development and what's going on. And it's, it's a really short read. It's 90 minutes. Wow. And Tony Bridwell, Tony Bridwell is the author. The name of the book is um, Saturday Morning Tea. It's a strange, sure. it's a strange, it's a strange title, but I think, you know, it's very practical and uh, he's got about five other books that I would, I haven't read any of those though, but that one's, I give you that one, Rob, because that one's top of my mind. I just finished it and I just finished talking to that guy this morning. And wow. so uh, it's, it's an amazing, it's a really an amazing book. And I believe things happen for a reason. And I think I was on this morning with him and I was on with you for a reason. And maybe that's the reason. Maybe somebody, so maybe somebody needs that book. (laughs) Lee, this has been awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Do you have any kind of final thoughts to the leaders that are listening to you right now on things they might be thinking about as they prepare for how they finish 2020 and get into 2021? You know, there's something that I've always been taught. And I, 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 there's a guy by the name of Tony Narducci, many, uh, many years ago that taught me something. And I'm going to use that as my kind of final comments here. Uh, he told me one time when you're, when you're facil- he taught me how to facilitate. He was one of the first people that taught me how to facilitate training. And, and he said, one of the things you want to probably want to start every program off with is this statement. And I, and I, and I wrote this down and it sticks with me and I use it all the time. And it's, it goes like this common sense is not always common practice. And people probably have heard that all their life, but I like it. And here's why I like it. We have common sense, right? But do we do the things that we know we need to be doing to be successful? So as sales leaders, it may be common sense to do these things, but stop and ask yourself, am I doing these things? Love it. That's, that's my final comments for, for all the sales leaders out there. I know it's a tough environment, and uh, yeah, I think we're, we're pivoting, and we're learning to do this differently and better. Lee, how do people get more of you? How people will like what you had to say. We know we have people that were asking for medical and healthcare related sales leadership uh, slant, which you've been the first to provide for people that want to continue the conversation for people want to connect with you for people want to pick up more of what you lay down. How do they connect with you? How do they learn more about you? How do they get more of IMS? The whole thing. You know what? I, if, if people need to talk to me, um, my email address is lbrown at imssolutionists dot com and you can find us on the web at ims solutionist that's it's, it's ims solutionist.com so we can be found there so um that that's the easiest way to get a hold of me or you know what rob they can call me on my cell phone i'm, <laughs> I'm an open transparent guy 940-312-2922 be glad to entertain any questions or thoughts all right he just gave you complete access to him we got lee brown unplugged talking about trust talking about the Beatitudes, giving us a great blueprint for how we can be successful in an ever-changing environment. Lee, this was a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you sharing what you're seeing work today, not yesterday, not last year, not five years ago, but today. And like I say to everyone, happy selling, my friend, and thanks for joining us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. I am convinced that 2021 will be the year of the coach. The year where the sales leader creates the biggest competitive advantage for the organizations they lead. So as you prepare for 2021, I want to help. Are your sales leaders ready for what 2021 will bring? Are you? If you want to take things up a level, hit me up. 
I'm helping put together virtual sales academies, virtual sales and revenue kickoffs. My favorite is building these new leadership and coaching processes and especially providing one-on-one coaching to sales leaders in countries all over the world. Now, my emphasis is around helping leaders in three areas. Leadership mindset, leadership skill set, leadership performance, all done around creating revenue. And as you prepare for what will most certainly be a new environment in 2021, each leader is going to have to adapt. It is going to be a year where our competitive advantage is going to be how well we adapt. And I'm here for you. You know, my Patreon group, Sales Leadership United, is growing fast and it's a great place to start. All of my best content always goes there, including private trainings for you and your team. I'm also providing fast-track training for new managers. I'm developing new leadership processes and custom executive coaching programs for companies of all sizes. Um, But I just want to help you create as much impact as possible with the people you lead. So if you want to be legendary, let's talk. Because how you lead matters. Let me help you navigate that sales leadership maze. If you haven't received a lot of leadership insight and help and training, you're not alone. Most have not. That's why I'm here. So hit me up. Now, I knew I, knew I was going to enjoy this conversation with Lee. I love Lee. I know him fairly well. I'm, I'm a big fan of what he does. And first, I've got to apologize that my soundtrack is so slowed down. You know, I've been told for years that I talk too fast, and now I know why. The slow version of me is tough to listen to. So uh, from now on, when someone says, Rob, you talk too fast, I'm going to keep that uh, track of me talking so slow. And, and, uh, and it'll remind everyone why I have to be fast. Um, but this show isn't about me, so that's okay. It's, it's about Lee's insights as a leader, and Lee's talk track sounds great, and so that's why this is okay. Lee gave us a terrific blueprint on how we can win as leaders. I love his three areas of emphasis. And if you remember, it starts with clarity, then it emphasizes diagnosing, and it finishes with coaching. But Lee really gives us a master class on what it means to show someone what good looks like. Not tell them, not treat everyone as the team average. He shows us how to create a model of what awesome looks like. And modeling awesomeness is one of the things I rarely see institutionalized across an entire company. Creating that model is best when it comes from the the leader. Too often I see leaders missing a big opportunity to go first. And I I say that with air quotes around the words go first. You know, leaders go first. That's that's one of the, the hallmarks of some of the very best leaders that I see. Because showing will always be better than telling. It's why you should always keep your skills sharp. It's why you can't become... Someone that just sits behind a desk. And and I'm going to give a shout out. I'm thinking of one of my very favorite sales leaders. I'm thinking of Nivea Clausen. She's the VP of sales at Better Lesson. I get to work closely with Nivea. She's one of my clients. And she recently made the decision to add mutual action plans to her sales process. So this is an example of, of why modeling awesome works, okay? So they sell to educational institutions and school districts all across the country. And she decided that mutual action plans was an important ad for her team. By the way, if you don't, aren't doing that, you should, and you should hit me up so we can talk about it. Um, but Nivea, what makes her so awesome is she didn't take an armchair quarterback approach. She actually went first. She used the mutual action plan. She recorded the call in both video and audio. And so when she trained the team on how to use the mutual action plan, she first had them watch all the video before they came to the training. And then on that call, we all broke it down. Uh, She gave everyone the opportunity to provide feedback. And and we looked for areas of strength that we wanted to scale. And we looked for areas that we really thought we could maybe improve. And I can't believe how well her team responded to this. And it was a super positive experience. And it it led to 
this conversation where the members of the team could visualize how they would use this because they watched it being done rather than having it be abstract in a training and they thought they might be able to use this. So this simple move of leader goes first goes a long way in earning the trust and the respect of each member of a team. I was blown away in how quickly reps were able to say, I need to do that. Or here's how I think I want to do this. And, hmm, Nivea, do you think we might consider doing this? And all of these great conversations came because the leader made a model of what awesome is. So here's my suggestion. Find ways to model awesomeness in each part of the process. How you identify, how you engage, how you follow up, how you ask questions, how you create every single experience that should be part of your sales process. Um, Because this will give you the ability to have the clarity you need. It will help you diagnose with confidence. And most of all, it will make coaching moments that really have impact. So if you're in the do as I say, not as I do mode, Take steps this week to start modeling awesomeness. Write it down. How do I model awesomeness? Create time for this. Work on this. Listen, there's a method to modeling awesomeness. It's it's a hallmark of what some of the best leaders in the world do. Involving your team and showcasing their strengths will help you in modeling awesomeness. But you won't equip your team members and you won't have the impact as a leader And you most certainly won't find ways to create an individual pathway for each rep unless you can help each person on your team have clarity in what awesome actually looks like. So here's to modeling awesomeness. Here's to showing instead of telling. Here's to adding clarity, individualization, and strong coaching with each member of your team, just as Lee suggested. I love this this episode with Lee. He has such great insights. You can hear the you know, the success, the successful experience that he has just coming through his voice as he shares the experiences. Go back and listen to this one again. I'm so grateful that Lee would come and share his stories, share his blueprint, uh, and and give us this concept of what does good look like? And, you know, Lee, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for sharing your insights with every one of our listeners. I hope we're all more intentional about showing each rep what good looks like. And also thanks to each of you, our listeners. I I appreciate those five-star reviews on iTunes. I appreciate you reaching out to me directly. I look forward to the interactions and I hope to hear from more of you this week. So make this a week of identifying and showing a clear model of what awesome is in your organization. And if you do, the results will follow fast. Your clients will thank you. Your reps will thank you. And you'll find yourself on the road to legendary results. So make this a week of modeling awesomeness. And as I always say, don't worry, just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.